This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. Look, as Dr. Uh, Gregson told us earlier, I mean, certainly seems, though, that there definitely are more cases of Lyme disease. The numbers are definitely going up. It's not just a case that we're catching more than we did. Certainly, the numbers seem to be on the rise. So why is that? Right now, do we stay on top of that? But as he pointed out, and the study he did a couple of years ago for the CMAJ, the recent research has found that false positive rates in people without Lyme disease in three of four commercial U.S. laboratories with a rate of more than 50% of false positives at one lab. So, that, I mean, that's another concern as well. I mean, yeah, there's the cases maybe we're missing, but then there's the cases that don't exist where people think they do. So it just speaks to the need to have good, reliable testing so that we know what we're dealing with. But as he says, patients with chronic subjective symptoms without a diagnosis can be vulnerable and desperate for an answer as to the cause of their illness. Giving them a false diagnosis based on flawed testing is misleading. It says Canadians with nonspecific symptoms such as joint pain, fatigue, mental fog may turn to commercial labs in the U.S. because they suspect they have Lyme disease. Basically, it seems as though they're being told what they want to hear. Many of these labs use only a single test that relies on non-evidence-based interpretations, such as the Western blot test. A positive test that relies solely on Western blot testing is most likely a false positive, or a test result that indicates a condition or finding that doesn't exist. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. Uh, this is Bob. Bob, good afternoon. Oh, hi. Um, I'm, I'm uh, uh, calling. I heard, heard your um, um, interview with Dr. Gregson and found it quite interesting, but um, th- there are two sides to this story, and, and uh, um, gosh, I don't even know where to start. And it's such a long story, there's no way I can even begin to present it all to you in the time we have. But uh, I am actually a medical doctor, and I didn't give my real name, just there's various reasons for that. But, okay, uh, fair enough. Uh, so th- there's really two competing entities in, in this debate. So the, first of all, it's the IDSA, which is the Infectious Disease Society of America. And on the other side of that is ILADS, the International Lyme and Associated Disease Society. And and they couldn't be more opposite. They, you know, so, so one side says, oh, Lyme is rare. We don't see it much. It's easy to diagnose and we can treat it easily and it goes away. And if you have any residual symptoms, it's just the you know, inflammatory symptoms and the, the there and, and I, I will tell you that ILAT says exactly the same, although exactly the opposite, I should say. But it it, it gets it, it just never seems to be presented to to the media, which is that line is common, it's easy to get, it's hard to treat, and it's hard to diagnose. And uh, after looking at this very very carefully for a long long time, I'm more on the ILAT side for sure. I am the the. You know, Dr. Gregson, I I, I respect him, and he's, he's a good guy and such, but, uh, you know, the research is there, and, and it seems to me that the IDSA side just seems to keep quoting the same old, tired studies that are, you know, 10, 15, 20 years old. There's, there's hundreds and hundreds of new research articles out there that, that tell us that Lyme is way more common. Um, it's... Uh, it's hard to diagnose, and, and the, the big thing about our testing is that the longer you've had Lyme, so, so think about this, Lyme disease suppresses your immune system and, and, and buddies up with your immune system and basically says to you, hey, I belong here. And our testing is basically relying on your immune system 
um, the, the antibodies that your body produces. And so, the, so these tests become less and less sensitive as time goes by. The, these tests in the United States, um, they're, they're basically the same tests we do here. They more or less interpret them differently. Now, the, and, and, and the fact is, is that the, the test in Igenics in California, they actually used two strains of Lyme disease instead of one, and it's probably a better test, but it's really an interpretation more than the actual test. And, and if we have time, I can get into that. But um, there is much, much more to this story than, than, than you've heard, and, and I think that Lyme disease is much more common, and, and the reason is we don't have good testing to, to find it. Okay, well, I think, you know, Dr. Gregson made the point about how it is difficult to diagnose. So then what, yeah. what are you basing that assumption on? Uh, what assumption are you talking about, please? That there are far more cases than we realize. Okay, so, so first of all, um, let, let's start with the obvious. The CDC itself, the, uh, the um, Infectious Disease uh, Center in Atlanta, United States, estimates 300,000 cases in the United States. Now, that's not confirmed, that's just estimated. So that's huge. That's bigger than breast cancer. Um, the, 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 the testing that, uh, that we're commonly looking at, looking at is the two-tier test. So, so they do the ELISA test, and if that's pos- positive, they'll go on and do what's called a Western blot test. But you have to go back to 1993, the study uh, by Dresler. And, and what they were doing at that time, they were saying, well, we've got all these tests here, and we've got to see which you know, we got to make sense of this. And so what they did is they, they got 100 people with Lyme disease. But understand, this is the cream of the top of the pyramid of Lyme disease. These are people who were freshly diagnosed people with Lyme disease with the rash. Like, we knew they had it, right? And then they tested against some 100 and some, you know, quote, normal controls. But the, what they don't tell you is that the normal controls, two-thirds of them were sick with something. And so they, they, the way the test works is they, they run, they, they run, um, yeah, I'll try to explain this quickly. So they, they try to run a sample of your serum down a, a blot of paper that has different bands of the bacteria tissue or the bacteria's uh, antibodies or antigens on it. And they see which of your antigens stick. And so they were realizing that, well, gee, a whole bunch of people have these positive bands. But they say, you know what? If we say that they need at least five of these ten bands, then we know they've got it. But they set the bar so high uh, that they could easily miss people who had, so go back to my point, that Lyme disease, uh, as you, uh, the longer you have it, the less your immune response is to it, right? So, so... Th- they basically set the bar so high that to be diagnosed with Lyme disease by a current pain test is very, very difficult. Okay. Bob, I appreciate the phone call. i got to let you go there. Um, you know, and certainly there's that side of it that says there's a lot more of it out there. And as he said, I mean, the CDC estimates there may be more cases, a lot more than they're diagnosing. But that's what they got in their confirmed numbers at this point, 25,000 cases. So that's the dilemma here because there probably are cases we're missing. At the same time, as Dr. Gregson notes, there were a lot of false positives. And in the contrary to Bob's call, the research would indicate that these Western blot tests are very problematic. And people are getting false positives, and that's not helpful either. All right, anyway, 403-974-8255 is our number. A couple other things to get to before the top of the hour. We're back with more right after this. 
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.